You're listening to the newest member of the 210 Podcast Network, the It's a Guy Thing Podcast. Join Mike, Rick, and Mario as we discuss the things we love in life, the things we hate, and all the stuff in between. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. This is Mario. I'm Michael. This is Rick. And in the words of Marvin Gaye, let's get it on. Okay, so we, we weren't going to really talk about this as a topic all on its own necessarily, but we thought that it should be mentioned. Um, my wife had a birthday recently, and at the Happy bir- birthday. Happy birthday, Sarah. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, while we were there, we were talk- kind of talking about some stuff. Uh, specifically, I think, Rick, did you bring it up at the... I think so. I think I brought it. We were at uh, Luna. Luna. Jamming is some jammings. Some ska, some, some ska, reggae, soul kind voodoo, of music. Voodoo skulls. It was Glarsker. it was interesting. It was good though. It wasn't. I mean, it was. I don't know. I'd rather hear a local band. It's funny too because they were out of Austin. That's uh, local, man. That's not that. That's local. in the Metroplex. It's not in my local book. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> the topic that Rick was that had Rick had brought up for the night was uh, who you would pay. Or rather, what song you would pay to hear live if you had to pay like forty bucks? I right, think was just what you one. Said, if, you right. To, if you had to pay full concert price for one song yeah. of whatever existing band there is, mm-hmm. what would it be? And we were trying to think of like two or three names you could throw. And off the top there was of your a head. bunch that had come out that night that were really yeah. good too. I think Carolyn had mentioned a few that kind of changed my mind a little bit, and yeah. I think she ended up mentioning like six. Yeah, she had a, a plethora. Yeah, and so, all really good too. I think yeah. uh, one of the ones that she had mentioned was. Actually, no, the one that I mentioned because of her changing my mind was Big Empty by Stone Temple Pilots. Mm. I think that would be phenomenal live. Yeah. So what do you think, Mike? Any ideas? Did you get to ponder on it? Um, well, since the last the last episode, we were talking about those soundtracks with Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. So, of course, there's a, tons of other bands I would love to hear live, but just sticking on on them since they are a pretty amazing live show because I'm taking into consideration not just how much I like a band but what the band gives me in return for performance uh, mm-hmm. Nine Inch Nails probably has one of the top five visual performances that go along with their exceptional music uh, on stage I would love to hear them play Dead Souls from The Crow yes. I would love to hear We're In This Together from The Fragile um, Any either of those two would be amazing to hear live um, not piggy. They probably play that a little too much. Like I think, yeah, I think Nationals could completely retire, head like a hole from the live set. I'm completely over it. Like I don't think should, people will miss it they, either. They should never. It's a great play song, it. but I don't think anyone. Would Radio, Radiohead too much. Radiohead stopped playing Creep like ten years ago, and well, that's the, still yeah. the song people know them for. But yet, the people that aren't true fans, you know, or, or decent fans, and that's me. You know, like oh. they're like, oh, play Creep, and like they haven't played it in ten plus years because they don't need to. And I think. Well, Trent that whole album was playing. Wasn't that whole album like just they said let's do this so that way we can become yeah. famous and then yeah, pretty much then then let's do what we want to do. Yeah, it worked for them. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, I'm I'm one of those fans. Someone so should yell like play creep. And they're like no no play STP's creep. Ah, <laughs> 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 we think about that or, or play TLC's creep. You think about Whoa. that, sloth eye. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> came out early in this episode. Damn. <laughs> and Tom York is twitching Poor somewhere. Tom <laughs> I don't really appreciate that, Rick, but um, I can't say I'm surprised at all. It's just the look of you. 
<laughs> you just got that look about you. So let's throw out some more, Rick. You, you uh, I, I think I had a couple. What uh, were the ones that you picked that night? Um, James Taylor, Fire and Rain. Ooh. I never got to see him live. I know he's played here a couple times. I know he's played with like the symphony and stuff. Who's that? Uh, <laughs> 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 it's, it's Lawrence Taylor's dad. <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence Taylor's oh dad, uh, Mike Taylor uh, from Sports Seven Sixty Local. Cool. Oh, oh. <laughs> wow. I don't know who that is. That's Taylor Swift's dad. Uh, we, That's we have to say uh, Rick might be a little inebriated for this episode. Mm. Taylor Dane. I, I mean, drinking Wait. orange juice. This is orange juice from Mike's refrigerator. Taylor Hawkins. In a can. Taylor Hawkins. <laughs> Sadie Hawkins. No. Jonathan okay, so. Taylor Hawkins. <laughs> okay, so James Taylor, Fire and Rain. <laughs> James Taylor, Fire and Rain, definitely. I, I've never That's got to see him pick. live. I no, imagine I'll get pick. a chance at some point. You never know unless yeah. he kicks it. Ooh. But um, if he doesn't, uh, that's definitely a song that I, w- I just I just love that song. I've yeah. always loved that song. It, uh, it's always reminded me of my mom, and uh, I just love it. That's the song that I always. If you've ever had the chance to see me butcher some karaoke, that's usually the song I do. Um, another I, song. Let me add a third dimension to that, though. Yes. Do you want to hear him sing it now as he currently is? Oh, would matter. Well, no, I will say now. I won't cheat and say like him okay. 30 years ago. Like him now. The guy's still good. That does make the di- a, a difference for a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, yeah. No, but the guy's still good. I'd okay, like to cool. hear him sing it now like he did on the record. Yeah. In the sense of like without changing it and doing some 17-minute like solo or something. Yeah. Uh, another one, definitely um, Gordon Lightfoot doing If Gord's You Could Read. Gold. If you could read my mind, I love that song. Another song. And I'm I'm, I'm being sentimental because these are songs like really like I yeah, listen to when I'm alone and it kind of have specific memories attached to. So, um, probably like uh, Carol King doing so like uh, nice. Yeah. Will you still love me tomorrow? Wow. I mean, because those, those are like people that I probably wouldn't ever get a chance yeah. to see. Like I was actually like the reason why I thought about this is because a Gordon Lightfoot like played at Majestic a couple of weeks ago and yeah. I remember hearing about like the day of like seeing it on Instagram and I was like oh wow and I was like wow I would go just to see him play that song I don't know a lot of this stuff I'm not a huge fan or anything I just love that song Yeah. and that's exactly why I thought of it because I was like I would pay 40 bucks because I'm sure the rest of his stuff's great too so that's why I got thinking about it but those, those I think off the top of my head those are three I would definitely go with I wanted. To, I wanted to. Now that I've had a chance to think about it, I would actually love to hear because I'll probably never see them live. I would love to hear Underworld play Born Slippy live. Ooh, That's awesome. what I would like to see. And I you would get like, bang for your bucks. It's a long ass song. Exactly. It's a, yeah. song. it's a ten minute song. That would be incredible because I've never seen them live, and they're never going to travel. So that for sure. Yeah. Well, my mind. I'm drawing a blank for some of the ones that I mentioned that night, but uh, one that I got. You said say, Smash Mouth, Walking on the Sun. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> you said Mother's Milk. God. You said House of Pain. From Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> and then you said you wanted to hear Queen and Vanilla Ice do a duo, so they could do their song together. At slip the, same the time. slip the note back in. Oh boy. <laughs> go ahead. That's, go that's ahead. That's not what I said. <laughs> By any means, that's not what I said. No, I, I would. Uh, he wants to hear to Girl say, in a Coma perform Vanilla Ice. <laughs> Slap him. Hit him. You're close enough to hit him. Uh, yeah. No, that's okay. I don't. We don't need violence in this. Um, no, I, I'd have to say one of the ones that kind of came to my mind just a little while ago, and it's funny because I've already heard it live. Bush. But I would love to. to I would pay forty dollars to hear it again live. Rick and I got to see Pucifer. Uh, at the majestic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that was outstanding. They're, they're that version of Mama Said. Because mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of the original untweaked version of Mama Said that's a little bit faster paced. Yeah, with the, the loop. Oh, my God. The way they did it that, at that show was just perfect. I would pay to see that again. Yeah. I thought it was amazing. And You're just giving Maynard more money to plant more vines. That's, that's fine. <laughs> more grapes. That's fine. I don't care. Okay, okay. You're right, though. That, that was no. great. Yeah. yeah. And we got to, we saw them twice together, right? Yeah, we Austin saw them. And Austin the, and... Yeah, I w- that's a band I would Lila see Cockerel. over and over again. Yeah. I would yeah. trade 100 tools for one Pussifer. Only w- only show I've ever been to where it is absolutely mandated that you cannot have your cell phone out or use it at all, and that is how music should be seen. Yeah. You cannot take a picture of this moment because it's already gone, says Nate Fisher from Six Feet Under. <laughs> I mean, that that is the best way to, to see a show. Yeah. And seated, even though people don't sit the whole time, just... Not yeah. having, you know, general admission, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, we're old. We don't need to stand anymore. No, I don't want to stand seating. anymore. It was fantastic. Fantastic. And I remember I got, it was before, it wasn't even like we were talking and like the show hadn't even started. And I actually like absentmindedly grabbed my phone and I pulled it out. And that lady was like, put that phone away right now. Yeah. And I was like, oh God. That was awesome. And we saw people get like tossed some, some out for like ejected. pulling their phone out, which is awesome because that's, that's good. That's, that's they good. tell you yeah. there's a video beforehand. It was very Alamo Draft House. Yeah, it was great. Well, that's good. I'd, I'd have to say another one would be, uh, and it just came out, went in my head and flew right back out. Um, Pearl Jam's release. Nice. I nice. got to hear them play that live in the oh, Wrig- Wrigley Field. God. That's how they opened the Wrigley Field show. But did they do the whole where it fades away and then yes. comes back in? Yes. Oh, that's yes. a good one. Kill that's was, a good one. Amazing. You I should love see that, that song. Oh. Highly recommend I've it. only seen Pearl Jam once, it's and that was choice. at Rotama Park. And, that was uh, a badass show, though. It was. It really was. They're man. right. They'd <laughs> 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 have to pay me to watch them. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, any others, Mike? Uh, Jumbie. Did you say you were just saying you wanted to hear? What? <laughs> 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 that song's called? <laughs> From Tool? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> You're like, I want to hear a 72-minute song so I can get my money to work <laughs> on. a four-song set list from Tool. No, I still I still need to hear... I want to hear Failure play Enjoy the Solid oh, Live. Oh, that'd be awesome. That's what I want. And if Failure's not going to come and play Austin or San Antonio headlining and play Enjoy the Silence, since I've looked up their set list, so they're, they're currently opening for Tool, mm-hmm. they've been playing like seven seven-song set lists. And they don't even have the second guitarist like the way they used to have Troy no, Van Leeuwen. It's just the three. It's just Ken and and Greg Edwards. And I don't know who the drummer Lewin is. Since he's like but they're doing it on purpose. Like they're playing oh. as a trio on purpose. And the sound is a little more stripped down than I'd like to hear it. But if they won't play Enjoy the Silence, then that's going to be a cover that I'll mm. tackle myself. Their ver- I will cover yeah. their cover. Yeah, it's that, that awesome. Failure's version of Enjoy the Silence is one of the best covers of a, of a song, period. Any cover. If that was a future topic covers yeah, as far covers. as best covers done failure has got to be in the top five so that's a band i would a love to see live and that specific song plus their whole catalog so you guys exposed <laughs> me to music that i've never heard of before and and then you guys look at me like you've never heard this before so i can't wait to hear that one i'm a huge cover guy it's great it's so incredible awesome so diving right into the actual topics uh first up we've got mike talking about movie sequels then Rick's going to talk about musicals, and then I'll be talking about Comic-Con. Woo! And Mike will NPR us in. Play us in, Keyboard Cat. This is Keyboard Cat on National Public Radio. Keyboard Cat, brought to you by Kitty Chow. <laughs> so, sequels, movie sequels. The, the ones, the best ones that have been done, the mm-hmm. basic rule is the, the sequel has to have been... 
equally as good as the first one or better, or better. if that's possible. Yeah. Uh, it can't just be because it was, oh, it was a good sequel. Now, are we only talking yeah. about good movie sequels or do we want to talk about shitty movie sequels too? Yeah, it really doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. you know, I think to this day, I think Speed is a movie that holds the test of time. Godfather is my all-time favorite film, but I also thought Speed was amazing. Yep. If, you know, there was ever going to be a Top Gun sequel, I'm sure it would have been terrible. You know, mm. although we've come up with some pretty cool yeah, storylines where where uh, we Rick and I were writing the screenplay for <laughs> oh, really? go- for Goose, over text go- message, yeah, over text oh, messaging. We were talking about Goose's son as the uh, revenge. The, the movie opens up with him strangling uh, Fat Kilmer to death. Oh God! And then because you know, Iceman is the one who's responsible for Goose's yeah. death. It's yeah, actually it his Ice's fault. fault. And then he goes after Maverick. But the plot of him coming after Maverick, that'll take the whole rest of the film. And so you've got Goose's son, who goes by the new name Quacks. <laughs> and then his dad, he call, he call signs himself Quacks and joins the Russian, the Russian Air oh, Force God. and uh, starts finding a way to exact his revenge. But anyway, um, wow. we'll work on that. We'll get the draft yeah, you ready. Sell that. Yeah, no, we'll we're going to we'll work. Michael it's gonna Bay be, involved. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be and amazing. And then he'll cast Megan. Jerry Bruckheimer's all over that. There'll be at least 50 explosions. And Megan, whose last name I've totally forgotten now. Fox. Fox, thank you. But anyway, um, then we've also got the worst sequels mm-hmm. to follow up good movies. That's mm-hmm. really okay. kind of what I'm after is yeah. I want to find... You know, leave well enough alone. Where there's a really great film, and then there's these story? horrendous sequels that just came out of nowhere. It doesn't matter why it, they're there; they're in print. It doesn't matter if it was for the cash cow syndrome yeah, or yeah. the filmmaker really thought they were making something good. So let's just get some stuff out there and talk about you know some good, you know some good movies and the ridiculous follow-ups, and then we can talk about you know <clears throat> good movies that also had good sequels, but. I don't think that's as it's got, I don't think that's got yeah. as much teeth well, as well, the let's crap. Let's get that out of the way real quick. Best sequel ever, off the top of your head. Uh, again, opinion. trying not to be uh, tunnel vision, but Godfather Two is probably mm-hmm. the best sequel that to follow amazing. up a first film. I mean, because they're both flawless films, and it's hard to imagine that they're actually separate. But for me, really, and it's not just because they're my favorite. I look at it just from a an empirical standpoint. They really do because. You know, not talking about the third one, there's an example of should have just left it alone. One, yeah. two, done. Three's underrated. It's not a bad film on its own, but it's just unfair to compare it to that sequel. So um, I know it's a big it's a big name. Everyone knows the film. It's the number one all time referenced pop culture phenomenon, but again if Monday, I don't, Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday. I don't think people understand it in its entirety sometimes. I think it's a lot more complex. But as a sequel, there always has to be a motivation of why you're telling the story. Why is the story continuing? Mm-hmm. And for me, that one, a lot of people could argue, even me on certain days, you could really even say the second film is better than the first one. And these are two films that they get better with time. It gets better every time I watch it. So that's that's for me. That's where I stand on that one. Ricker? Uh, best? Yeah. Uh, I'll I'm gonna casually toss out, of course, like Empire Strikes Back because that's easy. Even though it's a part of a trilogy, it's still the sequel. Yeah, that's effort. true. Uh, I would that's fair. Easily enough. say that, but that that one, I won't use that one because that's too easy. We make the rules. Uh, I would absolutely, without a doubt, say uh, Aliens. Ooh, yeah. Very nice. I mean, it's in my. Yeah. I mean, I I absolutely prefer Aliens to Alien. So it's a better movie. It's a different movie, which is great. Which mm-hmm. was the smart thing about it is yeah. that they didn't try James Cameron when he took over for Ridley Scott. I mean, Alien is 
you know, a horror movie. It's a it's a haunted house movie except in space with an alien instead of a monster. Yeah. You know, or whatever. Ghost. Um and aliens it's a war movie. It's a war movie except you take away bad guys and you make them aliens you know mm-hmm. and for me i mean it's the movie that as a kid it terrified me and as i got older i appreciated it more and more it's got a couple of my favorite actors in it um so easily aliens nice. hands down nice. my two runners up were probably terminator 2 following mm-hmm. up terminator yeah, nice. 1 and back to the future 2 following up back to the future Very 1 nice. I, at the time those were mind-blowing sequels yeah oh yeah absolutely still are still great. So, yeah absolutely yeah. yeah terminator 2 is my close second uh and it, it's funny because I was going to discount it because it was uh, the second part of a trilogy, but really The Dark Knight with Heath Ledger, to me, far superior than, than the first one with, uh, <laughs> with Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> that would have been a movie. <laughs> <laughs> the Naked Bat. No. <laughs> but, uh, like, I mean, I really truly think that I think that he stole most of that movie anyway, but I really think that the writing was superior, the characters were superior. There was, yes, there was some stuff that was that just didn't need to be there, but it was less of that and more of the darkness that the Dark Knight really needed. Ledger added that whole new kind of darkness. Do you really feel that that film was very superior? <laughs> My voice was normal in the first one. That's one thing that I hate that got worse with each film was Christian Bale's inability to talk with that mouth guard. What about my voice? I thought my voice was great in the third that one. That was really weird. Oh, come on. It was really strange. <laughs> oh. voice. And even though I love Anne Hathaway, I, I don't think the character of Catwoman was captured in any way, shape, or form. She just happened to be a thief who had goggles that went on her head that made her look like a cat. You that was Selena Kyle. Yeah, you know, I'd rather yeah, have. She's pretty. I'd rather she's have pretty in that movie. Pfeiffer. She's not always pretty, but she's pretty. Nice. No, I think she was. Anne gorgeous. Hathaway on the uh, Batsicle. Yes, <laughs> Batsicle. Whatever it's called, Batsicle. Batsicle. Batpod. The Batsicle. Tumbler? No, not the Tumbler. Batcycle, not Batsicle. The Tickler. It's called the Tumbler. Was in the first film and the second film, right? It was the Batpod. It's the Batpod. Was it called the Batpod? Sure. You like that? Yeah. Well, they called the third, the flying one, and the third one, the bat. That was that was real cute. Like the fruit bat, the vampire bat. It's named after different bats. Yeah, are there any honorable mentions? I know you've thrown out a couple. I'm still yeah. trying to think of mine. Um, Gremlins two. I'm kidding. Oh god. Wow. Okay, so but there's a lot more. Ba- I mean, that's the thing is there's a there's lot a lot more, more bad ones. Bad. All right, well then we can just dive right into that. And- I'll throw I'll throw out a, a bad one off the top of my head. Bad sequel. Um, uh, Highlander two. Highlander Terrible. 2. It was called The Quickening. Was it called The Quickening? Yeah, something like that. The first one was a great movie. And the problem with the second one to me was always – and it was kind of like I'm kind of contradicting what I said about Aliens earlier because they tried to go a different way when they had really created such a cool concept, which was the idea of immortals, the idea of these people being humans and being you know just – supernatural humans you know like they had this you know the special thing they're yeah. immortals and cut their head off and you absorb the power and it was cool like it, yeah, was, it was for an 80s movie which by the way had an awesome soundtrack by queen you know it was a very well contained mythology in its own little movie and, they, and they, it's one of those movies that they had just stopped right there you can create the movie on your own you can create the sequels and be happy with it and of course what they did you know they they came out and made a sequel which the upside is virginia madsen was in it 
who's awesome mm. and hot. Very gorgeous. But they Electric were, Dreams. Do you ever see her in Electric Dreams? Yes. Under <sighs> underrated movie. Yeah. That's one of the first things that got me into science and technology was yeah. Electric Dreams. I did. I was. She's amazing. That, I just sent that trailer to Jeff the other day. Really? Yeah. She's um, amazing. Great movie. And I am totally unfamiliar. And she's amazing in Sideways, even 25 yeah. years later. Yeah, she's amazing in everything. I'm just kidding. See, I'm no. trying, and I'm surfing the net Long right now to find mine. Willie Mel Peterson. Ouch. Um, uh, yeah, so the guy in Electric Dreams, this guy buys a computer, but it's like 80s style. So it's like he buys his computer and he hooks it into everything in his house. So it runs like his utilities, his it runs blender, everything, his toaster, everything. It's very mm-hmm. so he, he's like this sci-fi. dork and he fall, he's in love with his uh, girl lives like above him or whatever. She's like a cellist, like a concert cellist or something. He's in love with her. He can't talk to her. She's beautiful, all this stuff. Yeah. And so he starts getting confidence and blah, 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 whatever. But as his computer gets more intelligent, the computer falls in love with her too. So then they're in competition for the woman and eventually the computer like realizes, you know, becomes self-aware and is like, I have to kill you to get my woman. Oh, wow. You know, but there's like a really cool line in the trailer. You should watch the trailer in a second where he's like, he's like, you don't know what love is. And the computer's like, you never taught me how to love. <laughs> like oh. something, something like that. That sounds familiar. I and, think I've heard or, that reference. Or, yeah, oh, man. Just, and you, it's one of the few films where you feel bad for a piece of technology, technology. Yeah. because at the end, he ends up, it, it, you can't just unplug this poor machine. Yeah. He has to completely destroy it. He has Jeez. to pour champagne down the keyboard and the motherboard and, still and kicking. just destroy the crap out of it with, I don't even remember, bad or something yeah. like that. What and people don't know is that it's actually a prequel to Terminator. It's, it was the first <laughs> Skynet. That was Skynet. That was Skynet's baby. Daddy. Uh, okay, oh, so, so back back to the no, I was still back on the Highlander too. Oh yes, yes. So the the problem with that is that they tried to flip the whole page on it. They said no, they're not. You know these like Scottish Highlander guys who just have this you know lineage that has this weird you know power. No, is they got to turn around and say, oh, they're aliens. They're from a different planet, yeah. and they have flying fucking pretty, skateboards and like they, you know it's it's it was horrible. It was really really bad, and they tried to just take it in this completely different angle. Just for the sake of it, and it, and it kind of crapped on the first movie, which is always the same thing. It's like this guy lives for hundreds of years. He falls in love. He has to watch everything he loved dies, yeah. and he finally comes to this kind of like penultimate moment in his life where he absorbs all that power. And you don't really know what that means or what happens from there, but you know, other than that thing, he becomes mortal, right? He, he can die after that. You know, that's probably like part of it or whatever. I don't. Know. I could be wrong about that, but but. And it kind of shits on it when the next movie comes out and they're like, oh, yeah, it is because he, he was turned mortal and then he gets the powers back or whatever in the second one because of some stupid reason. And they made a third one with freaking Mario Van Peebles where he had dreadlocks and stuff. It just got worse and worse. Mm. Yeah. And then the TV show, let's not even get into that. See, and I watch more of that than the, than the actual films, but that's because I just wasn't exposed. So... Yeah, I don't think I've ever, I ever watched the... The TV show? The TV show. I mean, they even like butchered the freaking... Like, Queen theme song to it too. They, it was like ten seconds long. Oh, that's that's a great song. That's oh, a great man. song. See, and, I, and I'm scouring the internet right now, and I can't find something that I would count along mine. Other than if you if you are aware that Desperado is a sequel, then yes, I would say Desperado to me would count in that. But then again, I've never seen. Actually, I think I've seen pieces of El Mariachi. It's basically just a remake. A remake. It's right. the same. It really they, is. It, it's it's the not same even story. a sequel. They because it's they basically just reshot the entire movie with, you know, better cameras and Samahayek. Oh, actually, here we go. I came across one that I can definitely agree with: Star Trek: Wrath of Khan. 
I think Wrath of Khan was freaking amazing. That's good. Great film. I don't think I saw the original Star Trek movie, but the Wrath of Khan is a good movie. I watched it in preparation for Into Darkness. Oh, nice. Which, there we go again. I think... You could watch Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> voice. Ben, you know, the problem with, I like Benedict Cumberbatch, and I know he's like the one of the it guys right now, but he really looks like that kid. You know, you remember, um, uh, what's the movie? Um, Can't Hardly Wait with like Ethan Embry and Jennifer Love Hewitt. Breck and Meyer. Yeah. Breck and Meyer, all them. Yeah. Well, there's a kid in the movie. It's, that, it's like a little redhead kid. Pull up that movie on your computer. And he's the kid that steals everything. The oh, whole movie yeah. he steals. That's every time I see him, I'm like, I think that's Benedict Cumberbatch when he was a little kid. That's funny. Can't he looks like he's wait. got the same like little fish face. But uh, yeah, that guy is good. What am I pulling up for? Can't hardly, uh, wait? Can't hardly wait. The cast list, man. Cast list. So It'll take you a while. Yeah. So yeah, I was gonna say. So while we're so, doing that, well, oh, Kill Bill Volume Two. Well, there you go. That's a good one. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. Great follow up to a great movie, but. It's got a rattlesnake bite, just it, like you like. That's disgusting. <laughs> just Google search rattlesnake bites images and do not, get disgusted. Do not, no, do not, under any circumstance. Do. Under any Google. circumstance. No. No, I am, I am warning everybody I got not this, to do this. I got this. to see it on Mike's computer, and I stopped <laughs> it is, looking. It is the worst. Gonna... But, but that was because Rick told him to look it up. Yeah, don't do it. I w- double dog dare you. <laughs> No. Family no. double doctor. Yeah. You'll be sorry. Okay, so I've got the cast list. <laughs> Who are you saying? Ethan Embry? Yeah, it's okay. It's, just, it's okay. You'll figure, we'll figure it out later. All right. It's just that kid. When it's the like time's right, we'll show you, Mario. Benedict Cumberbatch. So, yeah, anyway, so Kill Bill Volume 2, I think, is superior. But those are pretty good for... So you were saying Aliens. Aliens. Alien yeah. Yes. As your, as your top. Yeah. You're saying... Dark Knight. Dark Knight as your top. And I was yeah. saying Godfather 2 to Godfather 1. Um, and then, of course, all the honorable mentions. So, if they did a sequel to Aliens, could you call that Aliens Part Two? Like, no, I think well, they, they did. It was Alien Three. Aliens Three. Oh, Alien Three was a, 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 it, it picked up right after Aliens, which is even worse. Is that because, the one where she has the daughter? Uh, no, no. Aliens is where she like has the surrogate daughter, right? Okay. That's Newt. That's, and that's right. And that's the problem. So, the, real quick, oh. let's get on this soapbox, right? Goes. Wait, wait, wait. No, real quick, what? I got I got to interject. So, I went through Rolling Stone's Reader's Poll Top Twenty Five. Godfather Part Two is number one. Uh, nice. Uh, the second is Terminator Two: Judgment Day. Nice. The third That's is Empire Strikes Back. The fourth is come on Aliens. Uh-huh. The fifth is Dark Knight, and I think that's where we check that out. So yeah. Who, who needs so Peter we Travers? The they got five. us. We you guys got five. us. You don't need to buy real yeah, stuff. Exactly. So I'm sorry. Unsubscribe. I interrupted. Go, go ahead. Uh, We're here for you. What was I talking about before I was rudely interrupted? Very sorry. I'm just kidding. Uh, You're about to tell us about Ripley. Oh, yeah, Aliens. So that's that's an even greater shitty example of, of kind of diluting and crapping out a story, which is Aliens, which is it's kind of – it's a, it's a you know, Aliens is a legitimate sequel to Alien in the sense that it's the same main character. It picks up 57 years later after mm-hmm. Salvage Recovery Vessel finds her and brings her back to civilization and all that. They find the aliens on LV-426 to send her out with the Space Marines, all that. She finds a, you know an orphan child, takes the place of her own dead daughter, spends three and a half you know three hours protecting her while all the Marines die around her trying to protect her. And the movie ends. You know Hicks gets away, burned up, but he gets away. Half of Bishop makes it <laughs> home. You know Ripley and then Newt. And that's fine. The movie yeah. could have ended there, and they, fl- you know, they're floating home, and they could have just made it home. 
And what do they? What does Fox do? Like they come up with alien cubed. It was actually like the cube symbol, like the yeah, three. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. and of course that was David Fincher's first movie. So there you go. But, but, um, and they just ruined it because what they did was in the first five minutes of the movie they kill Hicks and yeah. they kill Newt. They don't yeah. even show them, and they turn it into a whole other nonsensical crappy movie and just i can actually appreciate it now honestly i can watch it now and especially if you watch i think they made the director's cut as a standalone movie it's a good kind of suspenseful you know kind of well shot uh movie but it's it's not i don't know i just never never was a big fan yeah so now for shitty sequels i'm gonna we can we can fire off a bunch yeah i'm gonna open up with what i think is probably the worst biggest and at the time and this is why i feel bad because i always feel bad if i walk away from a theater feeling like i liked something yeah and then i realized later that i was lying to myself and Uh, i think you have to you have to come (laughs) you have to come down from that that instant like snickers bar high where you know you it's sugary and it's it's you know very sweet and tasty and then it digests and like oh it's over it's not long lasting at all and to this day exactly i i cannot think of a (laughs) film where when it first came out, it was incredible. It was groundbreaking. It blew my whole. It turned my whole world upside down. It had me and my college buddies talking for hours in the night and the weeks on end. We were just discussing it and philosophizing and trying to break down the meaning of life. And you know, just it did everything that I think film is supposed to do. And that was the first Matrix. Yes. The first Matrix just to this day to me still stands the test of time it's a phenomenal film from start to finish that you can watch with complete enjoyability i have no critique of keanu reeves in the film as the lead because he does exactly what he's supposed to do and the self-actualization at the end is a great acting moment for him it's a great forward progress in the in the story that was leading up to that and it has a legitimate ending and even the little part where one could say when he's on the phone at the end and talking to them I didn't walk away from that thinking, oh, I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, just it like, just felt like that's that awesome. It. Yeah. It'll be taken care of. It's done. And so because it was such yeah. a monster film, it was so huge. You know, books started coming out of it on philosophy and this and this. Yes. And people trying to deconstruct the symbolism. I mean, you were just able to find so much entertainment, so mm-hmm. much profound thought, so much introspection in your own life. And then out of the blue one day, I think I was at, I think it was Attack of the Clones was, I think, or... Some movie I was at, I think Attack of the Clones is the film that I was at, because I think they came out in May, and out of the blue, I'm sitting there, you know, uh, to watch to watch that Star Wars prequel, the second one, and you just start seeing the computer code coming down the screen. Back then, in 2002, there wasn't viral marketing and YouTube and all this stuff, so the only way, and if you weren't in the know, yeah. the only way you knew a new movie was coming out was literally when you saw trailers, movie. and that was something, I, I really missed that, yeah. but I'll never forget that feeling of seeing those the computer code coming down the screen right in the center and then starts filling the rest of the screen. And I'm like, you just, I could feel like chills hitting me. I was like, Oh my gosh, yeah. this is amazing. There's going to be another one. And you just, I got so excited. And when I saw it, I remember thinking again, I was blown away. But what I realized was I was blown away by visual effects and yeah. by a really Replaced. cool car chase scene. And you know, cause I've really never been that big into like, like the Kung Fu stuff. Monica Bellucci. I mean, oh yeah, that, well, that's that, okay. that that's alone good. worth worth it. But I look back on it, and that sequel and the third one too, just unnecessary, unnecessary, horribly, yeah. horribly written, poorly put together. And that yeah. those, those films suffered from 
they suffered from their own curse, their own, they suffered from their own success. Yeah. You know, basically saying, you know, when filmmakers have an unlimited budget and they have all of this success, you know, it clouds them into thinking now they can't lose. And so mm-hmm. I think that those Matrix sequels both suffered from, you know, these guys looking at everything they did in the first one and they weren't thinking, what is the story to tell? What is the progression of this story? What is... You know, they didn't know that there was going to be more. So that's the first yeah. problem is there wasn't intended to be more than that one. So that's already your first issue. But then when you're having to write yourself into more story, it's not even about that. Their focus mm-hmm. was the f- classic filmmakers that are in technology is how can we do something that's never been done? What yeah. groundbreaking yeah. technique can we do? And then you started seeing bullet time and TV commercials and all this stuff. Yeah. And it just got so, you know, desensitized and oversaturated in media but their goal was, well, let's make the biggest car chase scene on the highway ever, and let's do bigger explosions and bigger CG than's ever been done. And that's not the point. Yeah. That's not the point of making a movie. And that's that Keanu Reeves where he's fighting the whole bunch uh, of yeah, the, the Smiths. Like yeah. The Burly Man yeah, fight or that something. That is some of the worst no, action and CGI I have ever yeah. seen to date yeah. on screen, on rewatch. And I own that Blu-ray. And the thing is, like, they had <laughs> like, like, done previews and they're watching it themselves with like studio heads and like, let's watch this. And they're like, and everyone's going, that looks really awful. Yeah, because the young guys who were part of it in the computer making it and, you know, when the directors and stuff are in there and they're like what is what does everyone think who's gonna who's got the guts to say oh i think it sucks oh that looks terrible who's got the guts to be like we yeah. spent 50 million dollars in that sequence. right <laughs> and again you've got that that yes man problem where nobody wants to tell george lucas all oh, the prequels I are know. a bad idea you know oh, or God. directing them yourself and writing the dialogues a bad idea you know or futzing with the old ones <laughs> <laughs> let's take sebastian oh, shaw out God. of jedi and put a non-smiling hayden christensen oh, in at the God. end of jedi that's gonna go over wonderfully stuff horrible. so for me you guys you guys take it from there but argue with me on no, anything I, being I worse than those matrix sequels yeah, no, I think that from how big it was for, for me the matrix sequels though like i have to look at two and three as a single giant movie and then discard it well they were made that way <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah they just half. cut them in half so i'd say other other movie sequels popular. that are just horrible uh the sequel to neverending story and i think they even made a third one i don't even know uh, sequel to Ninja Turtles. Falcor. <laughs> what was okay? So what was he saying? The mom's name was <laughs> Moonchild, right? In the book, it's Moonchild. Uh, yes, but yeah. in the movie, he's like. Like we actually we had a conversation about that one night because I never knew what it was, and then Carol told me it was Starchild. Starchild, which, is, which right? is what I thought it was too. And recently, Jimmy was telling us he was like, "No, it's Moonchild," and we're like, "No, no!" Like Jimmy's oh. always right about weird stuff like that. Yeah, and we're like, "No, no, no!" And he like pulls up on Wikipedia or whatever, and it was Moonchild. Moonchild yeah. Like, Whoa! It's like blew my mind. Like blew our mind for twenty years. I thought it but was. But were we else. ever supposed to get have gotten that? I from think the in film? the book they actually it says the name. Yeah, but so I think you. But that's the thing. As a moviegoer, like the movie people that never knew about yeah. the book, I always heard. Out. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, just yeah. like nonsense. like it sounded like a five word name. I'm like, okay, yeah. so that's one of them. Uh, okay, all the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle ones. Let's see what else. Uh, I say we just start throwing some out. Rick, you got some bad ones? Um, yeah, I'm no. gonna I'm gonna attack I'm gonna att- <laughs> no. I'm gonna attack Keanu Reeves' legacy oh, a little more and no. go after Speed, Speed Two. Two. Yeah, which oh, that's cool. he, wasn't he wasn't in. in. So that's not his fault. True, but what a great first movie and then Jason Patrick and Sandra Bullock just create this complete poop on yeah. screen that is I've actually never seen boat. that one 
Never and I like Jason Patrick a lot. I can't remember we'll seeing it, it, but it was terrible. Um, Donnie Darko, one of my other favorite films, Ooh, yeah. followed yeah, up by S. S. Darko. The yeah, only thing that was kind of cool was it was the same actress grown up. That was the only cool thing about it. Only cool thing about it. Otherwise, it's terrible, and it was completely out of Kelly's hand yeah. as well. Just that's a bad recipe. Triple um, uh, X. I thought the first one was enjoyable as a an action flick. And is that the Vin Diesel one? Yeah. Was Ice Cube in the second one? Yes. No, no, I thought that was the third one. There was more than two? I think so. I don't know. Which one had Jack Lemmon in it? I don't recall. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Jack Lemmon. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. How about The Ring 2? They make a movie called... The is, there, is there any movie... Any movie... Any movie, movie called Triple XL? <laughs> It's like one of those clump movies, or something. like wow. an action movie. Oh god! <clears throat> I miss myself. <laughs> so I think that kind of does it for sequels. Yeah, uh, we can... triple X or oh, triple H. That's a wrestler, right? <laughs> yes, yes, that's a wrestler. Like triple hernia. What does it stand for? It's uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> I'm serious. Wow. <laughs> Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Why? Because that when he first debuted on the wrestling scene, he was a regal. Uh, wrestler, he would come out in these real nice robes and stuff like that. He had super long locks and like the British he would bulldog. Do, yeah, he would do curtsies <laughs> and stuff in the ring, and he was very elegant before he would fight. And then he just when he be, when he shedded that, he's he a shed, big guy, he right? Shed, like yeah. a big. Is he the one? Big, that's got in a the, big prominent nose. He's in the. He's married uh, to McMahon's daughter. Oh. Um. He's like a de facto inheritant of the company. <laughs> He's Ed in uh, what, he's in one of the Blade wow. movies, right? Isn't he in Blade Trinity? That I have no idea. He's one of the vampires. Oh, well, there you go. That There's I have another no idea. one. Blade was good. Blade two was good. Blade two was good. Blade three was garbage. Blade three was good. Damn good. No, it was good. It was good. <laughs> no, How about Anacondas two? <laughs> the blood orchids. The blood orchids. Is that another name for hemorrhoids? Triple H. <laughs> blood hemorrhoids. <laughs> so I think blood that's orchids. pretty much it with uh, sequels. Uh, and now, kind of in the same vein of movies, Rick wanted what? to talk about musicals. Yeah, because because especially because when I first said musicals, you both looked at me and like tried to ignore me. And no, it's not it's not a guy thing. But that that's why it's a tricky thing because a lot of times people say like musicals, and you think of what? What's the first musical that comes to your head? The Sound of Music. Life. Yeah, the, the yeah. Sound of music. You go Sound of Music. Something like that. Yeah. That's you associate antiquated something else it's old and you know whatever and but i was thinking more along the lines of like there's movies that you know again going back to the 80s there's plenty of movies that had singing in them or had lots of music or musical numbers or dancing stuff that you know you can you could still consider a musical because it's it's based around you know music or the structure i mean even like a movie like footloose which even though it's not they don't sing it's a lot of dancing and it's it's built into the movie. It's a dancical. It's a dancical. It's a dancical. Yeah. Like the batsicle? Like the bands, yeah. Uh, or oh, like, uh, you know, like Footloose or um, Dirty Dancing. You know, yeah. I would, like yeah. they're music movies. Dancicals. You know what I mean? Like they're not musical in the sense where they're singing like Rent where they're singing the whole way through. Yeah. But it's music. If you took music out of that movie, it would just be, you know. Yeah. Half a movie. <laughs> Place for that. Did the mixer just get? Just oh, no, we're good. It's fine. Still, right. still rocking. Blooper reel. Um, <laughs> it's okay. It's just Mike's. It's Mike's mic. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so yeah, so that's why I was throwing it out there to to throw a, a, a monkey wrench in the guy wheel. 
is what's your favorite musicals now that you have a broad definition of it hmm. i would have to say what well, we were talking about it earlier um little strap of horrors is something i remember fondly as a kid mm-hmm. i think that was that's yeah i love that movie i think it's a great film um and it happened to be a musical and i have a guilty pleasure to admit to i think this is what rick was kind of tugging on for me specifically um i really enjoyed i can't remember the name of it rock of ages rock of ages it was on his top 10 list of 2011 it was not i don't remember tweeting that everybody out there look up mario's was it on my twitter timeline on there It'll say my favorite movie of two thousand whatever. And it's my Rock Twitter of that ages. I don't keep up anymore. It's I think Mario <laughs> Arzam is what it is on Twitter. But anyway, I, I thought it was a very enjoyable musical that was such a horrible film that it. I've never seen it. So I can't actually dog it. it I like Tom bad. Cruise. It was but. it was really bad, but there were aspects of it that I enjoyed. I enjoyed some of the music because it was some great music. I didn't necessarily enjoy some of how they rearranged it or whatever. I really enjoyed Tom Cruise as the character in the film because he just, he made that character. Like, that's just Tom Cruise. I mean, he's done some great stuff during his comeback days after Pineapple Pineapple Express? No. um, Oh, Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder, thank you. (laughs) I don't know why those two. The Apple Apple Dumpling Gang. So... (laughs) Yeah, so I mean, him is as was it Casey Jacks or JC Jacks or something? I don't know. I'll never I don't can't remember it. the character's name. This but is they do I'm, like '80s songs. Is that yeah. what they're doing like '80s rock yeah, you know, songs. You got like "Don't Stop Believing," and you, okay. you got all this great, okay. this great music from that time period that is just really done well. And then you've got like, what's her name from Zorro, Catherine Zeta Jones, mm-hmm. like doing the worst acting ever in a film, and like a really crappy character too to begin with. But it's kind of like the Footloose idea too. It's like. She's that character where she's like, oh, music is bad, and blah, blah, blah. And then you find out, and spoiler alert, I'm, do you ever plan on watching it? I will, but you can spoil it for me. Okay. Sure. It won't be she, she's so against something that... She really wants to do it. Right, because she used to be that she way. She's stifled. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great musical film that's just a horrible movie, but it's enjoyable because of that aspect. So I would say those would be the first two that I'd have All to right. say. Mikey? Well, the one I last saw recently was the Les Miserables. Mm-hmm. Um, Les Mis. Les Mis, man. I took, called, man. I took in Les Mis. <laughs> and, uh, did, you go to, did you go see it with Cliff Huxtable? I always, I always say if, uh, if a movie can, if it, something can make you cry, they win. So mm. that was pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, I had actually seen the PBS one before where they just do the singing only, and they kind of make reference to what the scenes look like. So it was kind of neat to see it in its, in its full... Uh, full form um beauty and the beast that's a obvious one for me animated uh musical and then of course like wizard of oz you know you never get tired of that oh yeah that's true that um, is a musical uh other things where music is in amadeus is one of my favorite oh, like musical nice. based type movies it's not a musical in the classical sense but, uh, but it's a classical musical sense <laughs> You're just too cute for words. Yeah, he's, he's dropping bombs on you. I man. know, man. It's Look at how self-satisfied he is. <laughs> Look at himself like they're. Sorry, this is this is where I'd pull a Costanza. I'm out. I'm here all week, and then I walk out. <laughs> but uh, no, it's funny. Like I, I don't have any profiling against musicals at all. I'm not like against against them or anything like that. I think. For me, it's just simply a lack of exposure. Like, whenever I look up like top ten lists of musical films or anything like that, I realize there's a lot I have not seen. Yeah. So, 
it's a lot of stuff I'd like to give a shot to and just see what it looks like. But when you see like a lot of these movies, like Beauty and the Beast performed at like the Majestic Theater, it was an amazing performance of hearing the music and seeing it like as a stage production. Pretty incredible. So especially for me, just as a musician, being able to see those things transcribed like that is, is pretty stunning. So, and you? Cool. Uh, I think I probably think a couple off the top of my head. I would say um, definitely... And maybe it's like a Michael Pere show because it's like uh, Eddie and the Cruisers, definitely. Mm. Um, I mean, it, it's weird because looking back now, I remember as a kid it, it feeling so much more profound and like the story being deeper and stuff. And it's it's not, you know, looking back now, it's not, but it's got really great music. It's got like the, the John Cafferty and the Brown Beaver Band doing like their best like Bruce Springsteen you know, kind of thing. And, uh, but it's great music. I mean, like to this day, I still listen to that album. I mean, separate from the movie, I love the movie, but I listen to that album cause it's just really, really good music. And, um, uh, it's, you know, based on a novel, which if you ever get a chance, check out the Eddie and the Cruisers novel. Cause it's really, really good. And it, I mean, you can really tell where, you know, the, the meat of that, that story is when you read the novel, they kind of had to dilute it a little bit for the movie. Cause it's the more, it's pretty depressing. Hmm. Uh, but you know the the music's great, and it, again, it it you know it obviously um, raises up the movie itself. Um, another movie, also with Michael Pere, is uh, Streets of Fire, which I love. I, I would almost say a guilty pleasure, Chariots but not, but not because I do enjoy it. I think it's a really cool movie. It did some. I don't know. Have you, have you guys ever seen it? No. Which one? Uh, Streets, Streets of Fire. Fire? No. Okay. Well, I'll it. give I'll yeah. give you two words that'll make you want to see it. Two words. Diane Lane. Oh, okay, okay. Diane Lane's like that 19 years old in it, and she's, she's of course, not, she's you know, not now. Yeah, exactly. But she does. A, she's a like a rock singer. She's like, and it's like they live in this kind of alternate 50s kind of universe or whatever. And there's like motorcycle gangs, and you know, it's there's like these uh, rock bands, but then there's like these like kind of like doo wop groups, and hmm. it's just this real kind of weird like mix of genres and cultures and all this kinds of stuff. And it kind of throws in this guy who's like a mercenary coming back from un- some unnamed war, and his old flame is this rock star, and she gets kidnapped by Willem Dafoe's biker gang. Oh, wow. and so it's actually like, you know it's like actually kind of a cool little pulpy story. Yeah, but it's got some really great music. I, I can't remember the main songwriters, but it's like it it sounds very much like um like seventies kind of like meatloaf, like that real operatic, you know, kind of yeah. you know has that musicality to it, but it's. Great guy, it's like like there's a couple of songs on there that are just great, like no joke. Like look them up and they're really good. That's awesome. Um, out. Yeah. It's definitely a movie that if I ever if I ever had the opportunity and resource to do, I would definitely remake it. Even if yeah. it was my bomb, if it was my bomb, I would be happy because I would try it. I would try to make a remake of that movie because it just I've always dug it. And watching it as a kid, uh. It, it was something that, like, again, like, being a kid and not really being exposed to music and being, like, listening to cool music or whatever, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I would listen to. You know, that's the kind of stuff that I thought, like, this is real music, you know? Yeah. And the marriage of that with film, you know, that I think it planted the seed, at least, of my interest in filmmaking and music and all that kind of stuff because of how it felt, you know, uh, being, like, five or six years old and, like, not understanding a lot of the emotions that they're trying to show you and all yeah. stuff, but getting it. You know, in the same way, like you said, Little Shop of Horrors, I love that movie. Yeah. And it's the same thing, like, you get it. Like, even if you're, like, 10 years old, you laugh at the 
you know Steve Steve Martin and Bill Murray and John Candy, but like you get the yearning, like the yearning that like Rick Moranis' character has for Ellen Green's character, you yeah. get it. And you know, as an adult now, you can listen back and still feel it. You know, so that's why I, I thought it was worth to bring up that that topic because oh, yeah, definitely. I, I think it is. You know, generally it's not musicals probably wouldn't be a guy thing type of topic but i think it is too because if you, if you kind of like open your eyes and, and expand yourself a little bit you, you can see how you know you're probably in touch more touch with some of these movies than than you True. might think another one you know, that even if you can't forget oh brother yeah Brato. yeah another great movie. i forget that it's yeah, that oh, it's yeah. That. I, yeah. I love it i think it's awesome yeah just a quick mention for that one would you rather remake the movie or reboot the movie and change the timeline <laughs> I would remake the movie. Change the timeline. I've casted it all in my head. Change the timeline. And the old timeline. I would use the same music too. Go back in time. You know, there's a there's a there's a song real quick before we go off of this topic. Uh, there's a song that to this day you people probably still know and hear and not realizing it's from that movie. There's a song called "I uh, I Can Dream About You." That comes on. You'll hear it like on Kono or like you know like if you. I'd have to hear it. If you I'm heard sure it, you I'd would know. It. It. And I think it's uh I'm gonna go blank on the guy's name right now that sings it, um, but. Uh, Dan something anyways so his version's a thing on the soundtrack and it was one of the sad things because like the movie came out that was like the single from the soundtrack and the guy died Dan Hartman Dan Hartman and he died before like the song ever blew up hmm. and here it is yeah. like you know 20 years later the movie's kind of forgotten it's kind of a joke you know and it was like a freaking um, like uh, what's his name uh, not Roger Hill the guy that did like Beverly Hills Cop and like these big movies, it was one of his movies, you know. Um, uh, but anyways, like I said, it, it's worth checking out because it does have some pretty cool timeless music in it and some pretty fun campy performances. That's cool. Well, yeah, I, I'm glad you brought brought up the topic because, like I said, it wouldn't necessarily be a guy thing, but yeah, we are pretty familiar with a lot of musicals. Uh, there's some other ones that I was thinking of as well, but neither here nor there. We can cover that topic again later. Um, I definitely think they're a guy thing, though. And I think so. They're, I think they're, so. It's universal. Yeah. I grew up watching a lot of those Disney movies not knowing that That's it true. was in stuck in any specific hole of gender-specific stuff. And I'm glad stuff. you brought up Disney because I wouldn't... I, like, I didn't even connect it that those were all musicals way back right. when Disney used to do that. Yeah. And now they're finally getting back to it. And now we've got Frozen, which is apparently blowing everything out of the water. and. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I, we took Dylan to the play place at uh, when, what's the name of the mall? Wonderland. No, the one right by Rolling us. Oaks. Uh, Rolling Oaks. I always call it. I we always want to call it what everybody calls it. Itty bitty titty city or titty city mall. Well, what? Because the, are you the domes about? on the top they look like boobs. Who calls it that? What? Every, like Sarah's grandfather for one was like Whoa, titty mall. Him in the titty city mall. Wow. <laughs> I've never heard that. So anyway, so we were there, and all these guys are... Yeah, Sarah's grandfather. What? Itty Bitty Titty Mall? Titty City. That sounds gross. What? Titty City. Yeah, it sounds horrible, but it looks... The domes. Okay, so if you agree that... that, What's the name of the mall again? I forget. Rolling Oaks. Rolling Oaks Mall looks like it's got boobs on top of it. If you agree, let us know. Wow. If you disagree, let us know. So basically anything that's round looks like a boob. That has a cap on the top of it? Yes, that... So look like nipples. So yes. like the original Hemisphere Arena, you thought that was just one giant, giant breast one by boob. itself. But this, these are obviously more close together anyway. Anyway, so we were at that mall and in the play area, and all these kids started yelling, screaming parts of the song, and I had no idea what was going on. I thought there was mass hysteria going on with these kids because they're like, 
leave it out or whatever, throw it out. Or, and I'm like, what the hell is that? And she was like, oh, it's that song from that new movie, Frozen. And I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, Disney's finally getting back into musicals. And I'm like, I hadn't thought about that, that they had gotten away from it for so long. But I'm glad you rock. Musicals rock across yeah, all, rock. all genders, yes, all they genres. Do. They do. Because everybody loves music. You know what That's else right, rocks? You know? You know what else rocks, guys? Cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. Ghostbusters. <laughs> I seen I shit that'll turn you got, white. You know what's funny about Ghostbusters? You know who was supposed to be at this past year's Comic Con? Harold Ramis. Er, oh, too oh, soon. What? You asked the God. question. Oh, my I God. I figured you. That's why you brought Blasted. it up. Wow. Dude. You crossed the line. Sir. Oh, wow. Ernie, I did, at least you. I didn't cross the streams. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ernie Hudson was supposed to be there this year. Really? But he will be there next year. He's big time. Winston was supposed to be there last year, but he will be there this year. Why wasn't he there? I don't know. Scheduling issues. I don't know. Maybe they... I think The Walking Dead took over. As much as I loved him in that movie, I always associate him with the warden from Oz. That's what I think of him. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that is who he is. See, I think more about him from The Crow. Oh, the that's cop. right, the cop. He's a good cop, yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. Good, great actor, underrated actor. But anyway, he was supposed to be at this year's, this past year's Comic-Con, and Rick and I got a chance to go uh, representing 210, and uh, we saw tons of crazy stuff there. Um, we went. When did we go? We went Saturday, right? It was a sad, It was the second day of it, and they, have, they were actually turning people away because yes. there were so many people there. So we there. get there. What time was it? Like It was around 6? No, it was like 4, four? or 5, I think. Okay, yeah. like 4 or 5. We get there, Mike, and like hundreds of people in line to get in and they're turning them all away like just nope sorry you can't get in people are all decked out in full cosplay where was it held at at the convention center yeah of course but here's the problem with that is that the guys that organized it did a great job for a first year kind of a thing they didn't know they didn't have a clue that this was going to be as big as it ended up being so like was it, was it like was it the official Comic Con just different city like Comic Con San Antonio? No, no, it's own thing. Yeah, oh, okay. But it's it's our it'll be our annual Comic Con. Like they've already they're already planning the new one. Um, they're planning to get a whole lot more space. So they didn't expect that kind of a reaction because you know you think about Comic Cons back before they became huge giant conventions and really Comic Cons were just like a three room little thing where you had the artists there to sign oh, I think of, I always think of the conventions from uh, Mallrats the, uh, or, cha- or Chasing Amy yeah. 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 Chasing Amy when there's just Tracer. basically they're, they're just there at the booths with copies of their yeah. comic and they're just signing just it for a few fans you're a tracer oh god don't say that I have an ink or two Mario's a ink. tracer I used to ink in color what? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, just, like, just like you flint stone or what's it called? Flint napping. Flint napping. No, no. Say, okay. So for like three weeks, I was an intern at at. Uh, Mario's also a bird napper. At, uh, what's it called? The comic, the the manga comic place. I can't even. Antarctic what's Press. I used to work at Antarctic Press, and mm-hmm. I did I did colors there. And since I was an intern, I didn't get paid, and I also didn't get my name in the comic books. But I like worked on two or three comics. So there's no way for us to verify. That. <laughs> no, not at all. Unfortunately, not. He uh, he he drew Spider-Man number one. No. Wow. <laughs> no. Anyway. Um, but yeah, but like Traced like you Spider-Man said, one. like you said, chasing Amy, like that was what the comic cons used to be. Now that right. they're this big giant media thing, it totally changes everything. This year when Rick and I went, one of the things that I saw that. Yes, okay, maybe this is anti-San Antonio or anti-Texas or whatever, but I'm not a huge wrestling fan. So there were a bunch of people there that I had no idea who they were, and there was a <laughs> Dude, Virgil was there, dude. I'm not a wrestling fan. I know who Virgil is. I told my old boss about Ted Virgil DBS's being, being all douchey. Oh, God. 
He took care of the million dollar bill. Well, yeah, apparently he threw a fit too, right, Rick? Virgil yeah, threw a he fit. threw a fit about something. I don't know what. He was a jobber in Somebody the Somebody stole like, his bow tie. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was trying to sell his autograph to somebody and like they ran he got off in their it. Yeah, he no no, like he got in their face about it because they were like, Or oh, how much? And he was like, Oh, it's this much and they're like, No. And he's like, What? What? He got all crazy with them and stuff. You know. told me that. You told no, me. I didn't. Well, okay. You did tell me about the uh, about. I just saw Sean him looking Astin. all grumpy. Yeah. So the, the Sean yeah, Astin tell story. Sean Astin story. Yes. And I like Sean Astin. Oh, I, I think don't he's know awesome. the guy, but I like his movies. He's a lot shorter. In person. I enjoy. He's a little guy. He looks like a little little librarian. Which one will you take, Rudy or Lord of the Rings? Uh, if I had to pick one or the other, yeah, Rudy, absolutely. Yeah, but I would take Goonies over both of those. Yes. Oh, well, yes. yeah. Or or the Whitewater Summer. Goonies, yeah, Goonies. but I wasn't. That's not his. You know, he's not a. He's a kid actor. He's What's the movie? Where's what was the other movie? Yeah, I would say Rudy. Yeah. Yeah. Rudy. So. Uh, so uh, oh, nice so, so story. <laughs> so yeah, so they had the big U in the back where everybody's uh, lined up to get autographs and and uh, pose for pictures and whatnot, and. Uh, I remember, like, everybody was there, and people were, like, lining up to see the couple people from The Walking Dead yeah. and Danny Trejo and whoever else. Yeah, Danny Trejo had a um, huge draw, and so did uh, uh, the original Batman and Robin. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, but it was just funny because I was standing there, like, just kind of people watching, and, you know, the the bigger the star somebody was, they had, like, handlers with them or somebody that was taking money for them right. and stuff. And some of the lesser-known stars... <laughs> Uh, having to like take their own money, or and, some of the ones that didn't need handlers because they're above that, right? Like Heather Lingenkamp, yes, above handlers. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so she, so I'm standing there and like people are. It, it's creepy, especially nowadays where people seem to have less of a filter or barrier. You know, people have their smartphones and like people literally like walk up to some of these um, actors and stuff. They would like take a picture like two inches in their face, like click, and then just walk off. And they're selling pictures too. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's and, part and, of the point. And of granted, being there. like some of these pictures are like forty dollars, like a signed, yeah. you know, uh, signed headshot of, of one of these like Dirk Benedict or something, you know. <laughs> um, but it was funny because I remember I was standing there, and and Sean Aston's just you know standing there being cool. He's wearing like a little blazer and like a bow tie and glasses yeah. and stuff, and. And he's standing there at his table. Salt and pepper hair. And this guy walks up to his table. And people were walking by doing exactly what I'm talking about, just taking a picture and walking by. And uh, some guy walks up, and the guy's holding the headshot. And he goes, oh, great. So he, he Sean Aston reaches out and grabs the headshot, <laughs> sets it on the table, pulls out his Sharpie, and goes to autograph it, yeah. right? Because the guy's walked up to his table with the headshot. Yeah. And he's like, goes to sign it, and he goes, oh, this isn't my picture <laughs> and hands it back to the guy. And oh, it was like, and he turns red as shit. Man. Yeah. And like, and the guy d- didn't seem too phased. He just no, kind of he... walked off or whatever. <sighs> but I was standing right behind it and I was like, Oh my gosh. And it was kind of cool in the sense that I'm like, yeah, like everybody's human, man. Like everybody yeah. has those moments where you're just like, Oh man, I feel like a dork. And he probably left. It was like, Oh, telling who who's telling like you know Corey Feldman hey man what's up uh, you know I was at this Comic Con where were you but you never would guess just what just happened I'm just a fucking dork you know and it was sad I felt bad like I I literally wanted to walk up to him and be like hey dude I saw that but I would do the same thing you know honest mistake it was just it was hilarious and uh, that was that was my funny. most memorable no moment. that was not your most memorable it was I photobombed um, the Wookie. Wookie. 
Peter Mayhew. Mayhew. Yeah. I feel so bad He's for him. He had just got well, no, he had just gotten back surgery. Oh, I found out man. he had just gotten back surgery like a few days I before he fell the fell out of the Wookiee treehouse. <laughs> 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 he probably fell out of the ATAT getting out. There's this giant, there's this giant of a man who's sitting in a wheelchair because he just had back surgery, and I was like, man, he really doesn't look like he wants to be here. Well, yeah, he was in a lot of pain, yeah. and he, he struggled through it just like a good Wookiee would. That's right. But I, I would say your most memorable moment I thought would have thought would have been uh, Redcorn, man. Oh yeah, and John Redcorn. Yeah, yeah, we and got the call. to meet him, which is pretty awesome. And uh, yeah, that was cool. Um, that was really cool. So yeah, the, the guy from King of the Hill was there. And uh, he was selling his, like, barbecue sauce yeah. and signing autographs and all that stuff. And he was a really, really cool guy. And he even called Carol and uh, talked to her on the phone using the John Redcorn voice, which was really awesome. And she was happy about it. So that, that was awesome. That was the other highlight of the uh, of the event. To me, the for me, the biggest highlight was seeing all the cosplay. Um, there were a lot of scantily clad female cosplayers which was kind of awesome got to meet a couple of podcasters uh and mike i mentioned this before but we're dragging you to the next con uh, i know you're you didn't get to enjoy this one and to I'm the sorry. con to the con you're going to the con con me in <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget american Psych- american psycho 2 also a terrible sequel that's true horrible mila kunis disaster oh lost boys <laughs> sequel that was there was two sequels. Two they, sequels. They were both complete and utter dog shit. And I, I remember watching like the the special features on um, on the second one. Was that like the thirst or no? That that was the third one. Whatever the second one was called, it <laughs> doesn't matter. But like they were like the producers or whatever were actually like they're like yeah. So we're talking about like doing it. And this is like a sequel like fucking like twenty five years later to a yeah. pretty badass like Joel Schumacher. Original. You know sign of the times like horror kind of fun movie and after all these years that's what they could come up with and the guy's like yeah so we're thinking like what would vampires be like now in modern times and vampires like you know they're bored they've been alive for all these years so they want to have fun man like so i think they'd be extreme they'd be like into extreme sports they'd be like skateboarders (laughs) and surfers and that's what they do like that's what their fun is they go they go surfboarding in the middle of the night in the dark you know it's god it's horrible so we'll we'll close the night with that (laughs) horrible image in your head under siege 2 dark territory also a disaster very true Ah. topic for another time in the future would be sequels that should be made should there there be a sequel to a few good men should we know how things turned out oh yes yes i remember you saying that too all right, well, thanks for listening to the podcast, guys. This was episode four, and we'll see you uh, next week when we get it on. You can visit us on our home on the web at www.itsaguythingpodcast.com, on Instagram and Facebook at It's a Guy Thing Podcast, and Twitter, It's a Guy Thing Pod. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, and we'll be coming soon to many other podcatchers. Thanks for listening. We don't have any affiliate links or any sort of advertising set up for the It's a Guy Thing podcast just yet. However, as members of the 210 Podcast Network, we'll just play their advertisements. This podcast episode is brought to you in part by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day trial at www.210localmusic.com slash audible. We get a nice little bonus if you do, and you can cancel at any time. There are over 150,000 titles for you to choose from for your iPad, Kindle, Android, or MP3 player.